Feel it coming in the air Yeah And there's screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Come on Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who's on this town tonight What is going on, Kwame Lasser Sports Talk? We are here Friday, the 16th Live in studio. Well, I'm live in studio. Kwame is out and about. Got a little trip to Dallas, I believe. And then Demery's going to be out of the studio. So I've got it today. But don't worry, we're going to have a great show. We're going to talk MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL. Probably break it off with uh, some college football. If you want to call in the show, talk a little sports, come on in. 888-346-9144 is the number. I'm going to start off with uh, some baseball. MLB playoffs underway. The other day, I don't know if you guys saw this or not little bit of, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about uh, smack talking or not, but it all stemmed from Bautista after bases are loaded, hits a grand slam home run. He's excited and does a little bat swing, a little bat flip, whatever you want to call it. Uh, of course, uh, gets heated after that. Both benches kind of clear off. And, uh, y- you know, I don't, I don't see the problem with it. He was excited. Obviously, it's MLB playoffs. It's not a regular season game. A lot of emotion going on, and I think there was some frustration going on with Dyson as well before that, but he comes out after the game and, and basically talks about the bat swing uh, or the bat flip of Bautista and kind of calling it childish and uh, talking about, you know, that's, that's stuff that you, uh, you know, kids do in little league baseball and everything else and uh, that he needs to respect the game a lot better. But like I said, coming back to it, I mean, I think frustration came on part of uh, Dyson because you had three plays in a row where they should have had some people out, but came down to it, bases loaded, and Bautista comes up and hits a grand slam home run. Anybody that's played sports, whether it's Little League, baseball, high school baseball, college, you're going to have a, a grand slam is not an everyday thing as it is, plus being in the playoffs to win the game. He got pumped up. He got excited. And I think it was just a reaction type deal. I don't think it was any disrespect to Dyson. I don't think it was disrespect to the Rangers at all. It just it was that type of environment and that emotion playing into it. So, you know, I, I kind of feel for Dyson, but at the same time, I think he went a little above and uh, beyond by calling it, you know, childish. Um, I think anybody that's going to be in that position, just it, it just was a reaction and uh you know, they're calling now the, the bat flip heard around the world. Um, but, yeah, that was game five of Wednesday night's game. And, uh, you know, Dyson came back, said, you know, he told told Jose he needs to calm down with that and uh, just to kind of respect the game a little bit more. And, like I said, it's interesting. I don't know what you guys feel about it out there. But I personally don't see any deal, any issue with it at all. It was excitement. And, uh, you know, the, the batter after – uh, the DH, Edwin Encarnacion, after that, uh, a little confrontation, cleared the benches in seventh inning. And it was funny because you got beer cans going all over the field. Uh, yeah, just You had the the Blue Jays players coming out of the dugout telling the fans to calm down with it, uh, you know, stop the game for a little bit. But other than that, I think it was great, a great hit, a great play by Bautista. And for him to celebrate the way he did, I don't see any issue with it. Obviously, Sam Dyson, the re- the relief pitcher for the Rangers, saw a little bit different, but it is what it is, and you know it's, we're going to move on and uh, 
coming in with the playoffs right now. Tonight, you have Toronto taking on KC, Blue Jays and Royals. And I remember talking last year, kind of the Cinderella team, you know, and Toronto's looking good. I mean, they finished the season out 93-69, KC 95-67, but this is a matchup I've been kind of wanting to see. Uh, For the starts tonight, you have Toronto, you have Estrada taking the mound, averaging a 1.42 ERA, just unbelievable pitching by Estrada this year. And KC is with Volquez at 0-1 right now in the playoffs, averaging a 4.76. So should be a a pretty good game. I mean, definitely for the AL Championship Series, just not one, you know, just because the team features power arms and bats. But, I mean, both teams have just played awesome in the postseason, let alone the regular season game. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. I, I really like looking over everything. I think... You know, Blue Jays are. I think Blue Jays are going to come out on top with it. Um, it's just, it's, uh, it's going to be a great series to watch. So make sure you tune in. And on the flip side, you got Chicago Cubbies, who everybody's talking about because back in the future predicted 2015 the Chicago Cubs going to be in the World Series, and they're they're coming pretty close to it. And you know, for Chicago, they've been a been a while without any type of playoff, any any type of you know, playoff hopes, let alone playoff appearances. And now they're in the NL Championship Series, taking on the New York Mets for the AL. I'm, uh, let's see here, looking at this NALCS game one. That's going to be at 5 o'clock on TBS. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be a good series, too. Mets are looking pretty strong, but like I said, with Chicago coming up and doing what they've done this season, just. It's it's fun to listen to because you've got all the hype around Chicago right now with, like I mentioned, Back to the Future series, predicting 2015. You know, and it's just funny to play on and, you know, kind of just play with it a little bit. But, um, you know, they had a little bit of a misfortune. Um, you know, they had to come overcome Addison Russell's injury. That's going to be a big blow for the Chicago Cubbies, and if they're able to, if they're able to overcome that, um, you know they should. It should be fun, but they're you know thing is they're they're having fun with the the uh, the whole postseason stuff. I mean, you had Anthony Rizzo the other day in batting practice, kind of mocking um, the whole Bautista bat flip and during batting practice. So that's something I look at as well. Looking at this, they're in the postseason. And they're having fun. They're relaxed about it. They're not uptight. You, a lot of times you'll see these teams that haven't been in there for a while, and they're just, I don't want to say uptight, but the the emotion around it is different for them. They almost don't know how to handle it. And, and the, even being a professional athlete, you're in that spotlight. You don't know what's going on. You haven't been there in a while. There's a lot of hype surrounding it. So it's good to see Chicago kind of being able to come in, come in relaxed a little bit, and I think that's going to help them out in the series. And like I said, they got a couple games to win, and they're in that World Series. And for the Chicago, I've never really been a Chicago Cubs fan. I've been, you know, Arizona D-backs and Cincinnati Reds. But knowing the non-existent playoff appearances for Chicago, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for them to make it to the World Series. And just just everybody can play on the hype a little bit more with the, uh, you know, the, the whole back to the futures thing. So... But anyways, that is who we have right now in the championship series. 
Toronto Casey for the AL. The National League is going to be Chicago and New York. Winner of both those series will be in playing shortly here in a couple weeks in the uh, the World Series for baseball. Who will win? I'm taking Toronto, and I think I'm going to take the Mets. Or, I'm sorry. No, I'm going to go Chicago. Toronto and Chicago Cubs for the World Series, I'm calling it now. And we will see what happens there. We're going to switch some gears. NHL. Coyotes were off to a great start, 3-0 and on the series. They played the Wild last night, looking to make it 4-0. First time in Coyotes history, if they got that victory, that they would start 4-0 and on the season. And I'll tell you, this team is looking great. They're looking fast, and they had some trouble with the Wild last night. Ended up going down 4-0, or I'm sorry, four, well, 4-1, four and they were able to come back close to the end. Just couldn't get to it, just a little bit, you know, not enough too late um but i'll tell you what it was a great game to watch especially in that third period kind of looking at i mean this Cowboys team is young um but they're gelling they're gelling quick um and i, I believe Cowboys are going to be be a playoff contender this year just looking at these games and from uh just even into the uh preseason game but if you watch this game i mean the final was four to three last night so they came back and uh they had a couple power play goals towards the end of the third period. Uh, a lot of the third period was four-on-four matchups and uh, just peri- uh, penalty after penalty. But had a couple shots there on goal towards the end, just couldn't finish it off. Uh, but it was exciting to watch. And like I said, I mean, this team is just, they're young, they're fast. And if you don't watch out, they're going to skate right by you and get a break. And, uh, I mean, they're they're 3-1 and right now. Wild stayed 4-0. and But... Other than that, as far as the standings go, not a whole lot to go off of right now because it's so early in the season. We've only played about three or four games. But the Coyotes, since we're here in Arizona, your Arizona Coyotes, 3-1 and one right now, and six points total, tied for second place in the Pacific for the NHL Western, but, and Minnesota are up on top. So other than that, some good games coming up for Coyotes. So make sure if you're in, the, if you're in town, want to see some good hockey, go out. Gila River Casino out there in Glendale next to the Cardinal Stadium. Get some uh, get some tickets, StubHub, anywhere you can get them. Go watch the Coyotes. Uh, definitely something that's going to be on top. And uh, really quick, we got a couple minutes before break. Uh, we'll break off into some NBA. They're in preseason right now, but the biggest news coming out of NBA, obviously, is Lamar Odom and his hospitalization from being out there at the little Vegas brothel. Um you know, and here's my point on it. Whether he's addicted to the cocaine and everything else, I mean, that's something different. Obviously, addiction is is a disease in itself. If anybody's ever been around an addiction, you know how detrimental that can be. It's just, I mean, it destroys lives every day. So if, if that's the case, I mean, obviously, he needs to get some help. But at this point, doctors are saying 50-50 chance. His organs are failing more and more every day and the majority of the time the more he stays into this coma he's in the less likely he has to come out of it so you know obviously we, we never want to hear anybody of passing especially in a situation like this but my point is what about all the other guys what about the military that that are pts you know all this post-traumatic stress all this stuff that's happening the just all the issues they have and you don't have the media exposure that you do. And this guy, I mean, Odom played in the NBA, won some championships. 
and he's an NBA player or a former NBA player, but yet this is top news. Why? I'm not saying it's not worthy of being noted, but at the same time, it's a guy that you know ended up with uh, some cocaine and some quote unquote Viagra herbal supplements, which doctors have come back and said the combination of both those two are very detrimental. Um, called it pretty much deadly, and. But why are we blowing this up so much more than some of the other stuff that's going on in the world right now? Uh, you know, some of the soldiers and other stuff that's happening that's that should be newsworthy and top newsworthy on that. But yet it's getting kicked to the wayside because of issues like this. So, like I said, I, I hope for Odom and his family and friends that he's able to break through with this. And if he is, that he gets some help that he needs. But what? what I just it blows my mind that we're doing it so much as far as media goes, you know, blown out of proportion, top news every I mean on my Twitter accounts, everything that's it's just that's the top news right now. So unfortunately for Odom and the Kardashians that are by his side and friends and family, you know, hopefully he pulls through it. Uh, you know, I'm not wishing anybody any death right now, but it, it's just one of those things where you got to look at the totality of it. He was at a brothel. You know, it wasn't something that he was in a car accident or something. You know, I mean, he kind of, at the same time, and I might get some hate on this, but he kind of put himself in that position. He knew the risks associated with that stuff or should have. But like I said, if it's an addiction, just like Steve Sarkarzian with USC, if, if it's an addiction, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's really hard to overcome that addiction and, you know, for, you know, Coach Steve, I hope he gets the help because when he is sober, I believe he's a great coach. Unfortunately, that alcohol has got to him as well. And uh, it's just one of those, one of those, just, you, you just never want to see anybody dealing with any type of addiction, whether it's alcohol addiction, drug addiction, anything of that nature. It's just something hard to deal with, especially fans, uh, friends and family. And, and many times they've uh, just gone through it. So right now we've got about four minutes to break, but I'm going to bring somebody on the phone right now. Uh, we'll, we'll get his input and see if uh, he's noticed this in his playing days. But my boy B-Train, Bertrand Berry, former Arizona Cardinals player. B, thank you for joining us on the show. How are you doing today, brother? Doing well. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good, man. Just in the studio by myself. It's you know, it's a little bit different when you're, when you're used to having Kwame in here and Demery and running the show on your own. But definitely enjoying it, man. I appreciate the f- phone call in. And we're talking about Lamar Odom. Um, obviously, he's in the coma out there and uh, with the cocaine and Viagra. But talking about addiction, you know, to Coach Steve as well. With uh, USC, he got fired because of alcohol addiction. When you were playing with the Cardinals, did you run into anybody that had some type of addiction and, and just feel the effects as well? Just maybe teammates or just see it with his family and friends happen? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think if you have lived long enough and you have enough family, you're going to encounter somebody that has dealt with addiction on some level. And, uh, it's really unfortunate. It, it's something that. Uh, it is very tough to deal with. Uh, you, you just try to love on that person as much as you can and, and help them in any way that you can. But um, sometimes, you know, things happen that are beyond their control and it's beyond your control. So you have to realize that it's, it's not your fault and you have to 
you know, just try to be as positive as you possibly can because you know it's something that uh, they're not trying to do, but yet and still um, they have to seek help. And, and as long as they're getting help, you know, you, you just try to help them in, in any way that you can to help them overcome something that's, you know, obviously gripping them in a major way. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, my, my father had a little bit of an alcohol issue when uh, I was growing up. Nothing too extreme, but, I mean, he had a couple of episodes and really scared him. And luckily, it wasn't as hard for him to quit it um, and, and get off alcohol. But, you know, it's especially for friends and family, it's definitely a scary situation. Now, one thing I brought up with Odom was, and get your point on this, it's like this is top news. And it's unfortunate I don't wish any death for Odom. I hope he pulls through. But at the same time, there's so many other issues going on in the world that should be top news. Why are we Why are we putting this on top when it was something that he knew the benefit, he knew the results of what could happen, but yet there's so much other stuff that could be top news right now, but this is, it's, it's still lingering. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that I ask myself all the time. When you, when you look at people dealing with personal issues, I think it should be uh, treated with respect to the to the best of his abilities. Uh, the fact that uh, he wasn't in the public eye when this happened, um, though he was a public figure at some point, this had nothing to do with why he was a public figure. And for um, you know, news stations and whatnot to exploit him in this time when it's you know really literally life and death. I think it's unfortunate, but it just it speaks to the culture of where we are today and what people view as important. And uh, I really wish that you know people would let him uh, deal with this and, and his family would deal with this in, in their own private way. But uh, it's it's just uh, it's a tough situation that that I know that um, his family would really wish they could uh, handle it differently. But at the same time, when you make that type of decision. You know, that's what comes with it, you know, and that's the price you pay when you are in the public eye and you've made a lot of money and you you put yourself out there to the world. You know, it's hard to bring that back in. You know, you know, once you go public, it's hard to to put that genie back in the bottle. So uh, this is this is the lay of the land. Uh, When you start talking about sports and you start talking about entertainment, when you're on TV and things of that nature, uh, this is the downside. This is what you sign up for. Most people know that. And. Uh, unfortunately, you're, you're seeing the backlash and the ramifications of being such a public figure. You said it perfect, man. You, you, you get hired on and you sign that contract. That that contract doesn't state anything about the you know your future and your the public and what can happen. But uh, definitely, media loves to uh, to kind of exploit stuff if you want to say it and uh, you know live off of it. But that's the culture. You said it perfect, man. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll have B-Train on the line still. We're going to talk some NFL and Cardinals football. They've got a big game coming up on Sunday. It's going to be the early game. I love them early games. But take them, uh, pay some bills, take a quick break, and we'll be back. Kwame Lasser, Sports Talk. We'll be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before... 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Does the coming hunting seasons hold success for you? Well, this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel, we're focusing on the 2015 wild game forecast with the latest dish on population numbers, season dates, overall game health, and lots more. And joining us will be Stan Potts and Nate Hawsey. Plus Tom McMillan, John Divney, and Joe Kinney of KOVE. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is the place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and the Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and the entertainment that will keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. on the East Coast on Voice America Sports. This is Frank Sanders, former player with the Arizona Cardinals. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey and Doug Brimmer, the number one sports talk show in Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome back. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Dougie B in the studio. Got special guest B Train, Bertrand Berry on the phone. Or you can catch him 98.7 Arizona Sports from 10 to noon, if I'm not mistaken, Monday through Friday, with his show Off the Edge. B Train, welcome back, and let's get started, man. NFL, Cardinals have a big game this weekend. I'm excited. Kind of, uh, you know, looking at their schedule so far, a lot of people have been talking, well, they haven't really played anybody. Um, you know, their, their biggest game they played was St. Louis, and they ended up losing. And even then, they lost by, what, two points? And, you know, I mean, one out of five in the red zone, you're you're going to lose to any team. I don't care who you are. But, I mean, this team is stacked with talent. I'm, I'm loving it. And now you just had another veteran presence on the defense with the signing of Dwight Freeney. I mean, how big is that for this defense right now in, in this stage of the season to get Dwight Freeney, you know, on that defense just to add that extra veteran presence? I think it's big, and when you consider the fact that Alex Okafor is going to be out for a, a period of time, I think you need that pass rush, you know, uh, presence. And you know, one thing Dwight Freeney has proven that he can do over his career is he certainly get after the pass rush, get after the passer. So, I think it's a, a smart move. I think Steve Kime and company has done a great job of assembling talent and talent that fits what they want to do. So. This will be something that, that I think will pay dividends. Uh, you can never have too many pass rushers, and, and when you have a team like the Cardinals who are putting up 40 points you know, almost at will, uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities uh, to, to rush the passer because the team on the other side probably is going to have to throw the ball quite a bit in order to try to keep up with this high-powered offense. So it, it makes a lot of sense, and, and I think even with Alex coming back, to have a guy like a Dwight on the other side certainly help Calais. 
it will certainly help Frosty and even, uh, you know, Rodney Gunter in the middle. So uh, I think having a, a guy that's been there and done it at a very high level will only rub off on the rest of the, the guys on that front, and I think you'll see that production level really increase. Now, now something you, you might be able to touch base on, because I know Big Ron Wolfley's out there at the uh, Greenbrier enjoying his little staycation, but something I heard was that the Cardinals are looking at starting Golden um, over for Okafer in that backer and then putting Freeney as more like a uh, kind of a nickelback and uh, just lay him tee off. And if that's the case, ooh-wee. I mean, I, I'm excited to see that because I think, I mean, Golden, here it is, next man up. You know, B.A.'s kind of talked about that for the last couple of years, and for the majority it worked until you're down to your fourth-string quarterback. Um but I, I, everybody on this team, it looks like they can step up. Um, Golden, I'm excited to see him if that's the case to get that star. And just to see Freeney, I mean, just have kind of a, a green light to, to go. I mean, it's, have you heard anything about that with Golden starting over for Okafer? Well, it makes sense that Golden would be the starter. You know, Freeney just coming into the fold this week, you know, you don't expect him to have a great concept or great grasp, even though that. Uh, Betcher was his position coach in Indianapolis. You know, there has been some purpose change, and, and there's going to be a period of transition. So it, it makes sense. You know, Marcus Golden has been playing very well when given the opportunities thus far. So uh, it, it makes the most sense that he would, would fill in for Alex at this time. So um, when you have a guy like Dwight Freeney, a guy that, you know, is up there in years and, and, you know, maybe not quite the guy that he's been, but, you know, still has something left in the tank. I think giving him 15 to 20 snaps to get after the passer is, is ideal for him and not allowing, you know, not uh, putting all the onus on him to go out there and, and, and uh, you know, cover guys in, in, in the passing game and, and drop back in coverage because, you, know, he, you know, he's in shape, but he's not in great football shape. And the only way that you could do that is play football. And he hadn't done that basically the first eight weeks of the season. So uh, it's going to take a period of adjustment, but one thing that he can do in his sleep, and that's that's get after the passer. So you let him do what he does best for about 15, 20 plays, and I think you're going to get uh, great production uh, out of the veteran. Yeah, and you talk about football shape. Not not everybody understands football shape. And I'll tell you, man, even from, you know, off season, uh, you know, it's it gets you sometimes. And, uh, you know, especially with Dwight, a little bit of, you know, age is up there a little bit, so it's not like uh, one of these young guys out there and able to kind of come back in, you know, a couple of weeks with uh, some cardio. So it's going to take him a little bit. And But, yeah, I'm excited to see. Now, obviously Cardinals are out there in West Virginia. Uh, BA and the team has kept them out on the east to kind of relax them for Pittsburgh. I just You can see it right now building in the air how much BA wants this game, not only – because that's just a former team. But I think just Arizona Cardinals in general, if you've been a fan for a while, you remember that Pittsburgh catch where that controversial, uh, he, was, he wasn't, you know, it wasn't a catch. It was a catch. Pittsburgh went on, won the uh, Super Bowl. You know, so I think just in, in general, anybody associated with this team and has been associated with this team, whether it's fan or front office and, and player, they want this game. Um, and reports are that Big Ben's going to come back. And... That is huge for, I think, our defense because if if Big Ben is back, he's not going to be 100%. Especially, I mean, it kind of shocked me when I heard reports that he's going to be back, especially with a knee injury. I mean, if I'm on the, you know, we both play D-line, man, I I can't wait to get on and play on Sunday because I'm I'm going after Ben every uh, chance I can. 
Oh, yeah. there's no question. And, you know, I, I would be shocked if Ben is actually able to play. I, I would put money on Michael Vick getting in there. I, I know Ben took some reps in practice, but I, I just think if you're looking at the fact that he is the franchise guy for this, this franchise, you, you certainly don't want to put him out there uh, less than 100%. I understand the relationship he had with Bruce Arians and, and wanting to get out there and play, but you always have to err on the side of caution. Football is such a physical sport, and you really need all of your physical faculties to be with you. And if you don't have all of those things with you, you're really putting yourself in harm's way. And I just think Ben is too valuable to that Steelers fan base and that organization to put him out there less than 100%. I think that he would need another week, maybe two, uh, which would make a lot of sense. And if if that were to be the case, I would feel better about it. But uh, I, I, I would personally be shocked to see him on the field, in the lineup, on Sunday against the Cardinals. Yeah, and, and you know, as, as far as the Cardinals go, I think they want they'd rather have Michael Vick because they've had his number pretty much any game they've played. Where, you know, looking at the team, a healthy Ben is going to be a lot harder test for the Cardinals rather than having Michael Vick. And not not taking anything away from Vick, I mean, he's played great, but I just think the Cardinals have a a, a lot better chance, uh, you know, playing against Vick. But how how big do you think it is for the Cardinals organization and the team? to stay out there on the East Coast with West Virginia, kind of have a, a little stay vacation out there. You know, they are at the Green Bar. They, they are able to kind of relax, have a good time, whether them flying here and then flying back for the Pittsburgh game. I and mean, how, how big of an impact do you think that has for the team? Well, I think it was smart to do that because when you start talking about the physical grind of getting up in the air and getting down, uh, and flying, you know, coming down and, and landing in Phoenix and then having to get up and, and do it again, uh, all the way back east. I think it would have been too much of a physical toll. Uh, whereas if you could have, you know, done the way that they've done it, I, I thought it was very smart on their part to uh, to stay out there in that time zone so that your body gets acclimated. You don't have you don't have that that shock to your body that you would if you were to come all the way back home and then fly all the way back out uh, either Friday or Saturday. I, I just think they went about it the right way. And a lot of teams do this throughout the course of the year if they have a East Coast. Uh, trip or West Coast trip, depending on where they're located, it, it just makes too much sense. And, you know, expenses aren't really a big issue. I mean, we, we all know that these teams can cover it financially. So if you're really about the business of winning football games, this is a, a way to really, you know, give yourself the best chance to do that. And, and uh, I certainly think this will pay off for the Cardinals. And uh, they've done it in the past. It didn't necessarily equal wins, but. I think the guys that, you know, I actually did it in 08 when they stayed out on the East Coast for the Redskins and then facing the Jets out there in New York. You know, I thought it was better from a physical standpoint, you know, just giving you that much more of an opportunity to be successful. So to me, this was, it was kind of a no-brainer. It was really the only move to make if you really want to to do something big and, and you cannot afford to give away a game in the middle of the season and uh, due to, you know, flight arrangements and, and you know, uh, being physically worn down. So I, I thought it was definitely the best move for the organization to do it the way that they did. Yeah, and, you know, I'm looking at the weather, too. I mean, Pittsburgh is a high in the 50s right now, and coming back, I, I think that might – me, personally, I think it played a little factor, too, is, you know, coming back to 100-degree weather and then going right back to 50, you know, 53 of a high freezing temperatures right now at night. I mean, but I think camaraderie, you know, camaraderie and everything and team building, I think it's huge, especially this early in the season and they're playing the way they are. Um, I just, I'm glad to see, you know, BA and uh, Steve Kime and all of them step it up and uh, make it happen. And it just, it's, it's, 
I just hope it works out, you know, because I want this game just to think as much as they do right now. I, you know, <laughs> still, still lingering, it, man. Still, still lingering in there. <laughs> but you know, we'll do this here real quick too. Uh, something we do usually when we're all in the studio Friday, we uh, take the games for the weekend and kind of do our pickums. Um, and I will say, go back to the archive and listen if you don't think I'm, you know, telling the truth. But last week I chose both Cincinnati and Cleveland, and of course Kwame gave me a hard time because I've got. You know, family from Ohio, so he always says I, I choose from the heart. But I just I, I I saw Cleveland coming out, you know, with Baltimore. That's always a kind of a a trap game for both of them. And I just figured that you know they would win, and they did. And then of course Cincinnati and Seattle. I mean, that was a that was a great game with that comeback. But we'll go back. Uh, let's actually start last night. I know we can't really choose pick them, but I'll say I, I chose Atlanta, and New Orleans showed up. You know, I knew they were a young team. Um, and I figured it'd be, you know, about a year or two before they kind of gel, but wow. I mean, they impressed me last night for sure, especially, you know, with that Atlanta running back doing what he did. I just, I didn't see New Orleans coming back and uh, we'll speak on that really quick and then go through the rest of the pickums for Sunday. But what do you think about that New Orleans game, man? Well, you know, I think Atlanta needs to stay away from primetime games playing out there in New Orleans. <laughs> right. You know, we've seen that act before. You know, that that's, that doesn't end well for them. So, uh, you know, I've never been a big, big, huge fan of Atlanta. You know, I in times past, whenever I mentioned Atlanta, I would fall asleep because, you know, they are a team that, you know, during the regular season, they put up a lot of numbers and they look really good. But, you know, wake me up when they do something in the playoffs. And, you know, they had the one win uh, in 2012 when they were number one seed. But, you know, again, weren't able to get it done. And uh, I, I think Matt Ryan is the one missing. He, he's the one guy that I just don't believe in when you start talking about the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he's streaky. I don't think he's that. What's that? I say he's streaky. I mean, but I just don't think he's that guy to take you to the promised land. I don't think he has that that makeup to be a championship quarter quarterback. So uh, while he's the quarterback there in Atlanta, I just don't think that they're going to get it done. That's just my personal opinion. I don't have a real rhyme or reason. I remember playing against him in 08, his rookie year. It was just something that just didn't sit quite right with me about him. He just seemed like he would panic in big moments, and we saw that again last night. So you're saying he's more Matt Ryan's more of a – a regular season quarterback, not going to be that playoff like a, a Drew Brees and a, you know Carson Palmer, Payne Manning type deal. Yeah, I, I see him, Andy Dalton, you know Tony uh, Romo to some degree. They're all kind of in the same boat as far as I'm concerned. They don't they don't scare me when it comes to the playoffs. They put up big numbers in the regular season, but you know the playoff record speaks for themselves. Now, I can Andy Dalton. Come on, man. Dude, come on, B. That is, that's my boy he right there. a great regular season. What, what is his record in the postseason? I know, I understand. But I also look at, he's doing a lot more just in the regular season so far than I've seen him in the past regular season. So there's something that seems like he's a lot, I, I don't know if it's confidence or something, but he seems different this season so far than, and I'm just talking regular season games, than he did last year. I mean, look how Cincinnati's playing. He's making the passes. He's making the reads. He's not making some of the mistakes he made last year. So I... I just can't jump so far quite yet until I see what they do. But I, I get you in a way, but he's showing me something different than he has in the past as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, but just wake me in January. That, that's <laughs> all that, that that's the proving ground for Andy and Tony and those guys. They they gotta do it in January. I, I hear it. I, I I give them credit in the regular season, but I'll I'll reserve opinion till January. All right. Well, we've got a few minutes to break, and I know you've got your show starting here soon. So let's go through the Sunday matchups. 
Started off Chicago. At, yeah, at Detroit. I wrote it down. Kind of, I couldn't even read my own writing. Chicago at Detroit. I'm thinking Chicago is going to get that. Detroit just uh, they might win one game, but it's not going to be Chicago as bad as they are too. What's your pick? You know what? I'm going with Detroit, man. I, I think Ooh. Detroit gets off the snide. I think they win it. You know, for whatever reason, I think they show up for Andy for for Coach Caldwell, for Jim Caldwell, and uh, I, I I think Chicago is just bad enough that you know it'll be an even game for the most part. But I I just for some reason I just got the Lions winning. Okay, all right. Next game, Washington at the Jets. I'm going with the Jets at home on that one. Yeah, I mean, you look at, at, at what Coach Todd Bowles is doing out there. I mean, their defense mm. is playing at an elite level, and, and Washington with, with Kirk Cousins, the quarterback, I, I no, I'm, I'm going with the Jets. <laughs> he said no. Next one, of course, Cardinals at Pittsburgh. Hey, I, I'm sorry, but this is going to be my heart all day long. I'm going with Arizona over Pittsburgh. I think they're going to come out, and I just think overall Cardinals are a better squad than Pittsburgh is. It's, I have nothing to add to that. That was perfect. <laughs> All right, next, Casey in Minnesota. You know, Casey was looking tough, but with Jamal Charles out and AP playing like he is, I think uh, Minnesota's going to get this victory at home. You know, this is going to be a tough one. I, I'm going to go KC on this one. I think that those pass rushers, Houston and, and Ali, I think they get after Bridgewater, and uh, I think they find a way to, you know, contain Adrian Peterson. You don't stop Adrian Peterson, but you can contain him. And I think that they'll have enough uh, on offense, Ali Smith and company, to go out and, and get a big-time win. Okay, I got you. All right. So you got KC, and then we got Cincinnati at Buffalo. All right. Going with KC, that that squad just playing too tough, and especially coming after the uh, comeback victory against Seattle last week, I think they're going to come in and still undefeated. Oh, you know, I'm I'm going to agree with you. I mean, reluctantly, I, I don't have enough of a case to make for Buffalo to beat Cincinnati, so I'm I'm going I'm going with Cincinnati for now. Yeah, and Buffalo's looking good this year. I'm not taking anything away from them, um, but yeah, I think since he comes on top, and then we got. Denver going into Cleveland, and Denver's only a four-point favorite, but you know maybe it's my heart. I don't know, but I'm going to go with Cleveland on this one at home. Coming off that victory last week, I think McCown's going to keep it going. and that The Cleveland defense is what scares me on that. So I know the offense, McCown's doing what he needs to do. So if Cleveland's defense can come up and show up, and especially with Payne Manning not playing, you know, he's just, I mean, he's, he's on his, the downward hill. I think Cleveland yeah. gets this game. You know, I, I think it does come down to quarterback play, and I, I love Josh. He's a former teammate of mine here in Arizona back in '04. But I do. If, if I, I'm never going to pick uh, Josh McCown over Peyton Manning. I, I just can't. In my heart of hearts, I just can't. I think Peyton, with his brain alone, will be able to will the Broncos past Cleveland in this one. Yeah, I hear. You. And like I said, it depends on which Cleveland defense shows up that game. Uh, moving on, yeah. Miami at Tennessee. I think I'm going to pick the rookie quarterback in Tennessee in this game. You know, I I'm gonna go with Miami. I don't I don't have a real round of reason, but I am just gonna pick Miami. Okay. <laughs> it's just you just gotta be different. That's fine, I understand. Um, Houston at Jacksonville. Houston just hasn't put it all together yet. Uh, I'm going with Jacksonville and I wanna see Houston because my boy Jalen Strong out there finally getting a start last week, caught the two touchdown passes and hopefully he gets a lot more playing time. But yeah, this game right now I just see Jacksonville taking it over right now. I mean their quarterback, whew, Bertels, he's he's playing just lights out right now as well. 
Yeah, this one's a little tough for me. I'm a native Houstonian, so to see that team struggle, you know, I, I'm, I'm still not over the whole Oilers situation and how they were robbed and, and hijacked out of there years ago, but that's a story for another day. Uh, you know, I, I think the Texans have enough to get past Jacksonville. I, I like Blake Bortles. I think he's going to be a quarterback. Uh, in the future, but right now, I just think J.J. Watt and company on defense will have a little bit too much for Jacksonville. Okay. All right, I get you. And really quick, we've got, what? let's see, one, two, three, five games coming in left, Um, but I'm going to get somebody you might, he's on the phone right now, former ASU Sun Devil, Arizona Cardinal, on the Pac-12 Networks now, Jake the Snake Plumber. Jake, what's going on, brother? Hey, not much. How you guys doing? Hey, I'm doing good, man. We just got B-Train on the phone right now. We're finishing up our uh, weekly picks, then take a break, and we'll come back with uh, some of our college football. So we'll get you in on the rest of the picks. But next one we've got is Carolina at Seattle. And I'm sorry, but Seattle is just, they're they're, they're not impressing me so far. They're just losing it. But I I think Carolina is going to come in and take it from Seattle at home. That's a big one, man. That's a tough place to win. Uh, going up into Seattle, but I, I'm going to go with Seattle just because I think uh, championship teams and their backs are against the wall. They know how to respond. They know where to what to do during the week and who to draw on and lean on. And I think uh, they're going to get after Carolina. Okay, Bertrand. These most back. I'm going with Seattle. That's simple. All right. See, I, I like to live on the edge. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, San Diego at Green Bay. No brainer, Green Bay for me. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. All right. Baltimore at San Francisco again. No brainer. Baltimore's coming back. San Fran just, they, they're they like a college team this All year right. in the NFL. Can I, can I go with a tie? Can I, can I see a tie? Because both of these teams are ugly uh, right about now. You know, I, I'm going to. Go ahead. I'm going to say San Fran because uh, I'm a big Kaepernick fan. So, you know, he's kind of hot and cold. I think he's going to get hot this weekend. And, and talking about Kaepernick, you hear what Clay Matthews told him a couple weeks ago? They, whew. You know, Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Russell. <laughs> all right. So, you got who? Yeah, that's tough. All right. So, Jake, you've got uh, San Fran. B, what do you got? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Baltimore. I just think Baltimore is too good of a football team to, to continue to struggle the way that they have. Uh, I think they get off this night and, and get a win. Okay. All right. We got New England going into Indy, and I think uh, uh, New England. I'm sorry, but I just Indy's too streaky right now for me. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I my heart's going to say Indianapolis because I like Andrew Luck, and uh, any team that pushes the boundaries as far as the Patriots deserve to lose one once in a while. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got this as a revenge game for the Patriots for all of the slate gate. I, I think Tom Brady and the company try to put up 50. But I, I, I got them putting up 40. So they'll put up 40 on them. Okay, so B's going to do it. All right, and then we come into the Monday night game. Giants are going into Philly, and I just I, Philly is just not doing what Mr. Chip Kelly thought they were going to do. Um, that running back is just not doing anything productive, and I think the Giants are coming in and going to get that victory. Yeah, that's a good call there. I'm going with the Giants, too. Yeah, agreed, Giants. All right. So there we go. We've got it. And uh, I don't know if I'll be in studio or not Monday. Might be a little bit tired, but I'll definitely uh, let Kwame know, and we'll get the uh, picks and who won because we've got, got a little bit different ones. So. But we're going to go on break. I know 
B-Train, man, I appreciate you calling in. I know you got to run and start your show here in about 15 minutes. So um, good show today and uh, appreciate it. And we will talk to you later on. We're going to go on break. Yep. And uh, we'll be back. Good. Jay, good to hear from you, brother. Uh, you too, B-Train. Take care, man. All right, we'll be back when we last your sports talk. Jake Plummer's going to stay on the line. We'll talk some college football ASU coming up for the last segment. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports sports continues to grow and evolve to ever increasing prominence in today's society on all around sports host john inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world including players owners and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today john will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events tune in to all around sports with john inglesby fridays at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific on the voice america sports channel Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi, this is Jake the Snake Plumber. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk with Demery Lachey and Doug Bremer. They're legit. Uh, welcome back, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Dougie B in the studio on the phone. We got Jake the Snake Plumber helping out finish the last segment. We're going to talk a little college football and ASU. Of course, they've got a big game with Utah. And Jake, I know you heard the uh, little intro coming in. Um, we're we're laughing about that Monday with uh, with your little with your little plug, and they're legit. So we had a good time with that. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, and if you're ever in the studio, man, Friday we usually do, and that's what the with that song is. You know, Fireball Friday. Fortunately, I'm, I'm solo today, so I didn't bring any Fireball in because I don't <laughs> I don't like to enjoy you know solo, but it's it's good time. So if you're ever in town on Fridays, man, definitely stop by the studio and uh, enjoy cool. some Fireball Friday. But yeah, let's break off. I mean, we got we'll talk ASU real quick because they got the big game against Utah, and it's interesting because obviously Utah's ranked number four right now. Um, watching that Stanford game last night, that they just wow, yeah. Um, you know, at halftime, uh, a couple of the guys picked ASU to beat Utah, and you know, you, you for me, I'm looking at the roster and looking at some of the stats, and you know, not doing it with heart, but just looking logically, I, I think ASU easily has a chance to come in. Um, you know, and my two my two key victories to the game is ball security for ASU and no stupid mistakes, and then stopping that run game. If they can stop Booker, which so far they've had great run defense, 
I, I just I see ASU coming out on top by about ten points because the, the quarterback Wilson hasn't done a whole lot up under center. You know, he only has I think leading right now is right like five six hundred yards passing. Where if you look at Burko, he's over the thousand yard mark. So. I think the key, the biggest key, are those two things with you know ball security and stopping uh, Booker on the run. And if that's the case, I think ASU has the talent to beat Utah easily. Yeah, it's, uh, you know any team in the Pac-12 basically minus you know oh. Colorado and Oregon State right now uh, have a shot every weekend. I think that uh, across the board, everyone's got pretty strong teams and. Like last night, I, mean, I, I didn't expect Stanford to put that big of a whooping on UCLA, but yeah, oh my I goodness. saw that one coming just because Stanford is legit. They play a solid, you know, solid game, all three phases. Christian McCaffrey is definitely definitely should be in the Heisman conversation. Yes. I hate the Heisman conversation because you know it means <laughs> stats and all that, but that just he, he's tearing he's tearing teams up, and uh, I love watching him run. Uh, do his dad played ball here in Denver with his dad for a year and. You know, threw the ball to him when he was a little kid out on the golf course out in the you know, south where they were living in Castle Pine. So, love seeing him play. But, uh, you know, ASU, back to them, I think, you know, they they had a tough game early, Texas A&M, but look where Texas A&M is now. They're a solid football team. So, they took their lumps. They fell flat against UC, USC, but I think they're they're back on track. They're playing good team ball and not worrying about what, what's being set outside of the building there and, Burko's doing a good, doing a lot of good stuff with his legs. You know, the keys for me, I think your keys are right on. Obviously, you have to stop Booker. That guy's uh, just a beast on the sure. ground. You got to stop him. But you know, Travis Wilson, he doesn't make a lot of great plays throwing the ball, but they pick their moments and if they pick him right. You know, he's he's been really big and stepped at the right time, and he keeps the ball when he, when he should and makes huge plays with his legs. So that's another key. There is what can Travis do outside of Booker with his own legs and run the ball. Same thing goes for ASU. Berkovich is going to throw it, but when he's been running the ball that, you know, lately, it's been really, really effective for that offense, keeping it in uh, good, good manageable situations. And, you know, he, he's, he's doing some good stuff. I love his attitude, his toughness. Uh, but I think, it, you know, but basically going to come to the defense who steps up on D, who can stop the run game of Utah. And uh, if ASU can step up and do that, and Utah can step up, on defense, you know their D is going to come out flying around there, solid, solid D. Uh, so SU is going to have to be real, be real patient and uh, take what they can get and, and be good with the ball. Yeah, you know, and I look at Norvell, and if Norvell settles down and just calls the plays that he needs to call, not try to get too cute, I think that's huge. And you know, it's funny because you mentioned about with Berkovici and uh, and running the ball on that on the uh, read option, because we've seen it so far this year where he never kept the ball. I mean, wide open lanes. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've, I was kind of trying to figure out, you know, why. Because we saw him last year when he was playing in for the Andrew Taylor Kelly coming in. And, he, I mean, he broke off great runs. You could see he was, wasn't that far behind Kelly, really. Um, and looking at it, I just I, I kind of thought that maybe it was more Norvell telling him not to because you have true freshmen behind him. Well, after the UCLA game, I went down to the stadium. I was talking to him a little bit. And I said, do me a favor. I, I keep that ball. Tuck it in and start running. And his, his exact words was, yes, I know. They're starting to let me now. So I guess maybe, maybe my prediction was right, but we're seeing it. And I think that's some of the key, too, is for Norvell not to get too cute because I know he likes to and just stay to the game. Um, and yeah, like we said, I think it's definitely an easy game and 
uh, or not an easy game, but it's, it's a victory ASU can easily come out of. Um, you know, and a quick plug, any West Side ASU fans, we're going to be at the Tilt to Kilt tomorrow night for the games. Uh, we'll be up there about 6.30. We've got discounts. Um, it's an ASU West Side Summit. So there's discounts, some ASU swag to kind of give away for in attendance. But come out. We've got probably about 20, 30 people coming on out there. So come up, watch the game, cheer them on. Other than that, we're going to go really quick, top 25 picks. Uh, we got about three minutes to close, so we'll get through this really quick. Um, today's games, we've got Houston 24 at Tulane. I'm taking Houston. I'm going to go with Tulane. Ooh, all right. And I'm—I mean, we got—I'm not going to hit every twenty-five just because we're coming in close. But um, you know, Ole Miss of uh, Memphis. Let's see that kind of be a track game. Uh, I'd like Memphis to come out on top. What do you think on that one? I like to see Memphis win too. I like that pick. All right, let's see here. Let's look through. I've got to do this. Eastern Michigan against the Toledo Rockets. Toledo, number 22, the Rockets, man. And I just, I got to go with Toledo because I love having that small town school kind of come out and, you know, be kind of the nobody coming through. So I'll I'll stay with Toledo on that one. I feel you there, too. I like the small schools getting some love, getting in the rankings, and uh, getting big victories stacked up on top of it. Hopefully they can continue to climb up the charts. Yes. Um, Big game. Alabama ranked number 10 against Texas A&M, ranked number 9. We talked about them, how they've come up. Um, and of course, you know, our boy Rick Cunningham, his son's playing over there, getting some play time. But I'm going to go with A&M on this one. I feel you there. I think A&M's defense is just legit. They're so fast off the edges. Uh, they're playing really well in that uh, Christian Kirk kid from Arizona. How, how they you let him go away, man. That kid oh. makes plays. But watch out for him, the, not only in offense, but in the special teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh Michigan State ranked number 7 against Michigan. I I I'm I'm thinking Michigan's going to come and upset Michigan State. Harbaugh's doing a great job over there. I don't think anybody expected it. So I'm going to go with Michigan on this. I'm going with the the Spartans. I think that uh Connor Cook, uh, experienced quarterback play is going to be key in this game. He's going to be be uh on his game, take care of the ball and uh, Michigan State's going to pull that one out. All right. Uh, we'll go number one, Ohio State, which is one of my other teams, but I think uh, they're struggling this year. But uh, they're playing Penn State, which should be a good game. But I think uh, Ohio State, this is going to be the game where they all gel together and come out on top still. It's about that time of year. I think you're right. Penn State just not there yet. Uh, you know, Hackenberg back there, he's a target. I think that defense is going to get after him. And we'll close off. ASU going to travel to Utah. Utah's ranked number four, but – you know, I think I don't think I've got to mention anybody. Both our picks are going to be uh, a issue. I think they're going to come out on top. Am I correct, Jake? Yeah, I, I have to go with ASU. Although Utah's been on my radar for a couple of years, I love that team. I really like Travis Wilson. Their defense is fun to watch play. Uh, it's going to be a good game. I hope it's a close game like the ones have been in the past. But I got to go with the Sun Devils. Be a big victory for them. Get people to stop uh, doubting them and. Realize they're a pretty solid football team. Yeah, I think ASU's got the talent. I mean, USC. That was. I think that was a fluke because that second quarter just screw. I mean, that it just. I, I want that game back. I know I can't have it, but oh. um, I think ASU's better than that, and they could have came back on on that victory because going in the second quarter is only seven nothing. So, um, and then even then it was tied at the third and fourth quarter. That second quarter was just torture. So, yeah, anyways. Uh, you know, it's ASU's got the the talent. I mean, the running back spots from Balaj and Demario Richard, and then putting uh, you know Foster back there a little bit still. I just think they have too many weapons for Utah in the defense. I don't know. It's going to come down to uh, 
you know, Norvell and what type of game he doesn't. But I'm glad to see Graham not blitzing every time, too. He's kind of changed that defense philosophy up a little bit. And I think that's helped the defense because now they're dropping more into coverage. And it's really getting that opposing quarterback a little bit more of a mindset on what's going to happen. They're not, they're just used to that, you know, high speed, low drag defense blitzing every time. And he's kind of held off on that. And I'm glad to see it. So, but hey, anyways. Yeah. Unfortunately, man, this show goes by too quick. We are out of time. But, hey, Jake, I appreciate you calling in, man. And, like I said, you know you're welcome anytime on the show. Um, cool. But, hey, enjoy the weekend. Have some good good uh, coverage out there. And, uh, anyways, enjoy the weekend. And go Devils. And Kwame Lasher Sports Talk, Dougie B in the studio. We are out. Have a good weekend, y'all. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.